play your gospel-sounding thing, Martin Luther King used to tell Billy Taylor at Freedom Rallies, and Billy would bring that crowd together with his new anthem. This tune, I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free, written to teach rhythm to his daughter, may have been Billy Taylor's best-known work, but from where I sit, the best work of Dr. William Edward Taylor, who left us in December 2010, was opening the doors of jazz to at least three generations. Not just on the bandstand, but behind a radio microphone for some 40 years, in front of a CBS Sunday morning camera for two decades, and in the streets as well, putting America's classical music, and he gave us that phrase, on flatbed trucks and bringing it to the residents of Harlem and all of New York through his Jazzmobile. I'm Steve Rath, senior producer for Jazz at Lincoln Center Radio, and it was my privilege to grow up listening to Billy Taylor on WLIB and to ask him to host the first of a long series of radio programs for NPR. At the time, Billy was a lot better known than the six-year-old National Public Radio, but that's way ahead of our story. The one we have to tell comes from the Jazz at Lincoln Center archives in March of 2007, when Taylor, then 87, was in conversation with Lewis Porter at the House of Swing. The subject was how Billy got his start in jazz. So we owe this uh, uncle a lot of thanks. <laughs> what was this uncle's name? And, uh, Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor. Yeah. Well, my Uncle Bob was, uh, to me, the hippest guy in the family. Hmm. He became a, a newsman, he was a, he was a soldier, he did, did a lot of things. But he played by ear and he played stride piano. And I didn't know what stride piano was, but I knew that I liked what he did. So I tried to get him to teach me to do that. And he said, well, I taught myself, so you have to teach yourself. So he gave, so, so he gave me this record. <laughs> and, but unfortunately, he gave me a, a Fats Waller record, which was, you know, I said, you know, that's... But right on top of that, he gave me The Shout by Art Tatum. Oh. And man, I said, who are those two guys? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's not beginning yeah, stuff. Yeah. But you were evidently already playing the piano. Well, no, I, I told my father that I, I wanted to play, and Uncle Bob wouldn't teach me. And I knew my dad played, uh, oh, okay. but you know he was mostly he was a choir conductor and he played popular music of the time. Huh. But his schooling, uh, his piano lessons and so forth, were in European classical music. You know, oh. so all of the, we had lots of classical music laying strewn around the, the piano and oh. everywhere. And I didn't want to play that. I wanted to play what Uncle Bob played. You know? So that's really what got you interested in playing the piano to start with. Jazz was the, when I grew up, was the popular music of the day. Right. And you could hear it on the radio. I mean, 10 o'clock in the morning, there was guys playing jazz. I mean, it, was, it, was, it was beautiful. In school, uh, I went to uh, school in Washington, D.C., we had people who came in and talked to us about music, some of which we had heard on the radio and so forth. So uh, there was a lot of music when I was growing up and That's all fantastic. around. And then how did you end up uh, going from D.C. to New York? I had been to college. I had done a whole, whole bunch of things before I dared try mm. uh, moving there. I actually uh, had gone to visit New York. I had uh, my mother's brother who was also a dentist, like, like my father. Hmm. And I stayed with him a couple of times, and uh, he was a little too conservative for me because he thought I was wasting my time as a jazz musician. And so uh, I would kind of uh, listen to it and everything, but I wanted to kind of leave the house because I wanted to go to hear <laughs> Teddy Wilson or whoever was in sure. in, in time, you know. And 
So when I actually uh, left D.C. after being in Washington, after I finished college, I went to uh, New York, and I, I was really blessed. I mean, it, it sounds like a fairy tale now as I tell it. I came to New York on a Friday, and uh, I got off the train and dropped my bag and said to my uncle, uh, who I was staying with there at that time, I said, well, I've got some people that I would like to meet. I know they're in town. I didn't. Ah. This is a big, big lie. But, <laughs> but I wanted to go right straight to Minton's. Oh, well. And my uncle, who lived in Harlem, uh, lived a uh, bus ride from, from Minton's. From, and this would have but been, it was straight down 7th Avenue and bam. It, and this uh, would have been in 1942, 43? No, this was in, in 1944. So I went to uh, Minton's. And uh, in those days, you could, uh, it was one thing to be a stranger in town, but most musicians were in, the, in that day and were very hospitable in that they would let you sit in. Because mm -hmm. in, in certain clubs, Minton was one, uh, you know that you, that you could go and jam with, okay. with the musicians. It was that kind of a club. So I asked the, I introduced myself, I got there about nine o'clock when the place opened, and I asked the uh, pianist, I introduced myself to him and said, you know, I'd like to sit in. He said, oh, sure. Oh. And so I sat around all night. But I, I could understand why he didn't put me on. Uh, because as I sat there, several other guys that he knew came in, ah. and, they, and they could play. Yeah. Uh, he, he wouldn't, was no guessing about that. These guys okay. could play. And, and so uh, uh, he didn't know whether I could play or not. Right. So uh, I listened to them, and I just squaring and said, yeah, I'd like to play. you know. And, uh, but finally, at, at about 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, uh, when the stage was crowded and about uh, where it had been maybe six or seven guys on the stage all night long. Now we have 10 or 15 oh. who, are on, who, are, who are taking solos and so forth. So the piano player is not going to get a chance to play anything, you know, oh some chords God. or something. You know. So uh, everybody's playing and everybody sounded good. I, I, even though I wanted to play a lot, I mean, I really enjoyed comping for musicians. I, had, okay. I didn't know the guys or anything. And while I'm playing, I look up right in my eyes. When I look up, I'm seeing this guy and it's Ben Webster. Hmm. And I knew Ben from his Duke Ellington uh, days. I, I had never met him. Okay. Uh, I had seen him with Teddy Wilson when I was in college, but I didn't get to meet him okay. then because I didn't know anybody. I was just one in the crowd and you know listening to Teddy Wilson's, Wilson's band. Anyway, here he is standing there and uh, I said, gee, I, myself, you know, I just, I'd really like to be playing something there other than chords, you know. But he came over, stood right by the piano, and looked at me over my shoulder. I said, yeah, okay. All right. So, so uh, and I, I didn't know then, but uh, Ben, when he was young, was a pianist. So uh, he was checking me out, actually, what I was playing, literally what I was playing, mm. you know. After the set was over, I had played maybe eight bars here and there, and, and you know, I hadn't really played anything. Uh, so um, he said, um, I, I'm Ben Webster, uh, yeah, I know. He said, uh, what are you doing? You know, and uh, I said, I just got in town. I said, well, uh, I'm looking for a piano player. Mm. I uh, didn't hear enough of you to, to really make any decision tonight, but why don't you come down to the Three Deuces on 52nd Street and uh, come there about, uh, why don't you come in maybe uh, about 10 o'clock or something like that. and, and uh, I'd like to listen to you and see, if, uh, uh, you know, how you play. And said, and then we'll talk. Okay. So uh, to make a long story short, I, I went in to the Three Deuces and auditioned for him and got a job. So the third day I was in town, I had a job. That's amazing. 
Being hired by his hero, Ben Webster, was just one of the remarkable events in the career of the late Dr. Billy Taylor. Not only did he bring respect and academic attention to jazz, but he earned the first doctorate in that subject, and he inspired generations of musicians and listeners, and a good number of us who are still making public radio programs. Let freedom swing. We heard Billy Taylor in conversation with Dr. Lewis Porter at Jazz at Lincoln Center's Rose Hall in March of 2007. Support for Jazz Stories comes from Jazz at Lincoln Center. Consider becoming a member or coming by for great performances. You can find ticket information and our Jazz at Lincoln Center performance programs with Wendell Pierce at jalc.org. Our Jazz Stories podcasts are also at iTunes. Jazz Stories are produced at Murray Street by David Gorin, Alexa Lim, and me. I'm Steve Rath, just another one of Billy's children. Thanks for listening.